0: Hey, welcome back to another edition of the podcast, The Shop. Got a full house here today. Our starting lineup is all here, one through four. On my right is Henry Apple. My left, Ricky Fires. Paul Boyd, repping the A-State Indians cap again. Vintage, the ASU cap. This is the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Sports Department's podcast called The Shop. Boys, we are through eight weeks of the football season. Henry, what's been your biggest surprise so far? Biggest surprise. For me, it's the price of nachos at concession stand have gone up to three oh, bucks. Can wow. you believe that?
1: Yeah. That's the reason why I started bringing my food, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> but now, biggest surprise probably in my mind, I'd have to say Van Buren. Van Buren. Uh, you know, with Casey Dick um, going down there, hardly had a spring practice, yet he's got himself, got the pointers in playoff position. This year, I would say he's my most pleasant surprise.
2: Paul, what about you? How about the Lamar Warriors, 8 0? Man. Going but, down to Boonville uh, to face the uh, Bearcats
0: in a battle of the unbeatens this week. You know, when I made my River Valley run this summer, my Lamar Johnson County Westside Clarksville run down there, left at 6 a.m. and got down there for their, you know, to get their football pictures. Coach Jones knew they were going to have a pretty good team. I don't know if he knew they were 8-0 no good, but he knew he was going to have a pretty good team and they have certainly been that. How about can, some how about some
2: old school football Friday? Uh, we were talking about we know what Boonville likes to do. Well, Lamar
0: likes to do that too. Line it up and run the football. That game will last about a minute and 14 seconds. I mean, I'm sorry, an hour and 14 minutes. Uh, that game will be, you know, it'll be in the books probably.
3: I kind of I'm surprised uh, uh, Shiloh Christians made a nice comeback this year. I thought you know Prairie Grove and P Ridge kind of overtaken them, but uh, they're seven one
0: now, are they not? They are, and you know their only loss was to Texarkana, uh, you know. Yeah, a, a, early year. A large, you know, very and a, and a good five A school, so they uh, they they actually have had a great bounce back season at Shiloh. Now, you remember last year? Yeah. You know they beat P Ridge in that in that final you know final regular season game, and you know I thought that would be a momentum boost for them in the playoffs, and they you know then they kind of got upset you know in the first yeah. round, so. Um, but, yeah, Shiloh Christian's had a huge bounce back, a big bounce back season for them. And now, you know, they're, they're in prime position to win that conference championship.
3: Hey, let's say this about, the, you know, um, we all have tendency, playoff scenario, this team and everything. But, man, uh, even the losing teams, I think you, got, you really got to give the kids credit. They've only got two games left to play. 99.8% of them, their high school career is going to be over. So, I don't care if you're 0-8, or 8-0.
1: Uh, just savor these last two weeks. Oh, oh by the way, we, we just got breaking news. Elkins just scored again.
0: <laughs> now now it's 80. <laughs> Elkins put 78 points in regular in regulation. 78 points last week on Pottsville. And that, that, I think to me the biggest surprise was they put 50 on the board in the second half.
1: How many teams he, it needs two games to score fifty points, and they do it in a half a game.
0: I don't think my senior year we scored fifty points in ten games.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I mean, we were we were pretty terrible, but we didn't have Quinn McLean, you know, at quarterback either. So that, that makes a big difference.
3: Now, I've never I've never been a recipient of. it. Do we have like Employee of the Week award? Because if we do, that should go to Steve Andrews who covered that game, kept up the box scores and stats, I assume. That's brutal right
1: there trying to keep up with all of that. If you remember, Steve Andrews was also the one who covered the Greenland Gentry oh. game That's last right. year that yeah. all the scoring took place, like 76, 71. So, yeah, we know where to send him to the high-scoring games. If, yeah, <laughs> if,
0: if your team hasn't scored many points, call me and let me know. I'll send Steve to your game, and I guarantee you they'll have their best scoring week ever. Yep. You know, sending him there. Uh, had some good games on the docket last week. We'll start in the 7A West, where Fayetteville took care of business at home against Springdale. Uh, Darius Bowers, it was his second game back from his knee injury. He had a pretty good game, Rick. He he was okay in this game. Is
3: it it's fair to say I wasn't at that game? But
0: does the presence of Darius Bowers make them a little bit better? I think it kind of does. <laughs> you know, he's he's you know he, he makes a little difference. You know, when when you're thirty one of 36 for 400 oh my and however many yards I think you know that's that's a pretty good night you know it's not not bad, not bad at all
3: Now I saw him against uh, uh in the Bentonville game and he was Luke I was a man he just knocked Darius Bowden in fourth quarter he kind of you know with the game on the line he started running making plays and everything and then I was not surprised at all. The, to see the headline, Bowers' power. I didn't realize that he had that good a game, but he is a difference maker. That puts Fayetteville right back into the uh, the playoff run, conference championship uh, quest, and all that. He's
0: a great player. Well, Fayetteville is going to be kind of like Bentonville West. You're going to, if you know people who don't know, you're going to look at their records and the playoffs, and you're going to think, you know, they're not very good. But uh, this just in. They're both going to be factors in the state, in the state playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if anybody is going to be able to hang with North Little Rock. They appear to be on a different level than everyone else. But, you know, that's why they play the games, and, yeah. you know, you never know. Uh, I mean, but I'm just saying Fayetteville and, – and Bo Stuckey did not play Friday night. So he had 400 and however many yards without, you know, his number two receiver on the field. So Did he have an injury? He's been hurt, but, but uh, Coach Dawson – now this is what Billy Dawson told me, the Fayetteville coach, told me this after the game. They've had 12 starters that have missed significant time this year. Twelve at, at one time. Eleven of those are now back. And Bo Stuckey's the only one who's not back yet, but he does expect him back. So Fayetteville's, you know, they'll be – their arsenal will be fully loaded uh, just in time for the playoffs. Henry, you were, and I know you cover West – Paul, you were at that game. How did Will Jarrett look Friday night? I know he only played a half, but how did he look uh, in that? He was
2: he, he looked good. He moved some. I tell you what, you know the, the ankle injury. He uh, on, on their first drive, he uh, completed four or five passes, got him down the field, uh, found found Jaden Jackson on a nice slant for a touchdown. Um, but was forced, got flushed out a couple of times. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken in that on one of those drives, he had a nice 10-12 yard run. So, looked pretty good. Again, 11 of 15 for 226 and three touchdowns in a half. And
0: of course, you know, getting, Welcome him, back. getting him back last week that gives him, you know, two good weeks of practice, couple of games going into that season finale which we know is going to be a big game against Bentonville. Um so so he is, you know, Bentonville West is set up, you know, really really good uh, for the playoffs and so I know they're you know, their sophomore quarterback, McDonald, had, had really grown a lot. And that's, you know, for the future of that program, that's that's big. But having Jarrett West is a – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Will Jarrett is a <laughs> – that's a big, big boost for Bentonville West.
3: Can I say this about, you know, you know we try to talk. I, I try to talk about people, how much I know and everything. I'm going to tell you what I don't know. Early in the year, I saw Northside. I thought they were as good as anybody in the state. North Little Rock beat them 40 to 3. Uh, maybe Northside's regressed a little bit, but the, you talked about North Little Rock earlier. Man, they're not at, you know, I'm not going to say they're at Springdale High level 2005, but they are a dominant program. They've beaten teams in three states this year. It's kind of how odd will you say, you know, who from the 7A West is going to win the championship this year. Everybody's ch- chasing North Little Rock to 7A Central this year. They must be a dynamic team, very impressive.
0: Well, this will, you know, Paul and I were there at Bentonville today. They played probably the, probably the worst game they played all year long in that season opener against Booker T., out of uh, Tulsa, which by the yeah. way is a good team too. North Little Rock, by Paul, would you agree? Got outplayed that day. I, 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 I
2: mean, they probably should have lost. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, they probably should have lost. They, they they made some plays late, but uh, Booker T. Washington, a couple of turnovers at, at key points, and uh, North gives leaves the door open for North Little Rock, and they step through the door. Give them credit. But yeah, I, I mean, I do. I think they got outplayed that day. And since they still that won. Yeah,
0: and still won. And still since right. that time, they have they have just rolled. rolled. You know, they've rolled. Now North of Little Rock gets Bryant Friday night. That's that's going to be a really. Where good is it night. at? I'm not. Sure. I, I don't know where they're playing at, but it, it'll be yeah. it'll be a big game, There's no doubt about that, because Bryant it's just just in. Yes. Bryant's a pretty good team. Yes. So, let's go back over to Fayetteville real quick, Rick. Um, we had um, you know, Fayetteville beat Springdale last week, 48-14. Um, that's the 10th straight time that Fayetteville has beaten Springdale. Now Springdale. They are a team that had had injury issues in the summer. Um, if you'll remember, uh, Grant Allen was one of the players who transferred from Harbor over to Springdale. He didn't get a chance to participate in spring drills because of his shoulder. He had injured his shoulder at Harbor. Brock Pounders was a kid, also a kid from Harbor, that transferred over to Springdale. had had an ACL injury, so he was limited in spring. Had some other players who were, inj- who were injured. So it took them all summer to kind of get healthy. They were just starting to get healthy a little bit, and then Friday night at Bentonville, Garrett Vaughn, their top running back, did not play. He was in street clothes with a calf injury. They lost Grant Allen in the second quarter, and his injury is still – we know what the injury is, but it hasn't been official yet. But he was injured in the second quarter, didn't return. Brock Pounders was hurt. Uh, he got hit on a vicious hit on the sideline after catching a pass. In fact, a play that drew two penalty flags on one play—a face uh, mask like a targeting, a, kind of thing. a face mask and a and a late hit out of bounds on oh. the same play—and um, he was hurt on the sideline for a little bit. He came back, but he didn't catch another pass in the game. He caught two for ninety-eight up to that point, um, but he did come back and play. So he was hurt. Juwan Boyd, the the defensive back who had the big interception against Rodgers the week before. Had an interception against Fayetteville. He also was injured in the game. Had an ice pack on, uh, so he was he was hurt in the game. So Springdale got hit was hit with a lot of injuries Friday night. So it's going to be big to see how Springdale responds moving forward in these last two games because they were a team you know coming into that Fayetteville game that that looked like they were going to be in position to maybe grab that elusive and all important number three seed in the conference. Well now Fayetteville, you know, it's going to have the, got the inside track to that. The way it looks like, wouldn't you agree, Henry? It's going to be Bentonville and West at one and two, probably. Probably. So um, Fayetteville getting that three will be, you know, would get a home game in the first round. Um, and Henry helped me out here. Does a four seed also get four a four seed also
1: gets a home game in the first round. So it's
0: still there for Springdale, but they still got to play Bentonville. They still have a game against Bentonville. So it's going to be key as to how how Springdale is going to be able to overcome these injuries and finish out these last two games.
3: Well, here's the newsflash. I mean, no matter what you do, I mean, you try to player safety and everything, football is a physical game. It is. Injuries happened. And uh, sometimes I think football gets picked on too much when they're – other sports uh, having injuries as well especially when you got these kids going up against each other they're big kids they're you know bigger than we were 20 years ago big physical kids then you throw in a rivalry game like that so there's going to be injuries and but you know they're they're bigger schools and hopefully they've de- developed some depth that's why maybe uh, some non-conference games you get the second third guys in there and uh, I hate it for them but you know these little bitty schools the one where they lose, you know, three or four people and they got 14 left. That's the one I really uh, feel for. But, hey, you did, that's why they call it uh, football
0: a team sport. So these other guys got to come to the forefront and keep it going for Springdale. So, you know, Grant Allen's injury, we, we talked about this, and, Rick, you're going to write a story on this uh, next week about the elite-level quarterbacks that have gone down with injuries this season. It seems to me – like it's been this year's been there's just been more, more an abundance of them yet chris will at marlton it took one snap in a preseason in a scrimmage game he was lost for the season brandon ulmer the boonville quarterback he went down in the first game of the season and out for the year will jarrett went down in the first game of the season and he basically missed seven straight games after that injury with an ankle injury now you got grant allen at springdale he's been hurt Um, You had Darius Bowers at Fayetteville. He missed a couple of games, you know, with the knee injury. Um, He appears to be back. He may not be at 100%, but he's he's, he's close to that now. But just, you know, and you wonder, and I know your story will touch on this, how much the spread offense and these RPOs are leaving these quarterbacks open, you know, know, to be hit, uh, you know, and and having these injuries. Now, I know they're not running the triple option, you know, wishbone or whatever like schools used to do back in the day. But – you know, this is a lot of high-level quarterbacks that have you know missed either the whole season or a significant time with injuries. So it's it's yeah, I, I, it. I, I don't recall at this you know this many play, quarterbacks being hurt in the, you know in a season. Well,
3: that's why I got to research it and and call around some coaches and so forth. It, but it may just be one of those years. It's like uh uh, seems like it's raining every Friday night this year and. Uh seemed like we went like two years without any rain on a Friday night. Every time you go out there, there's a downpour now. I don't know about this Friday, but I've been staying out in the rain a lot. I know you guys have too. But uh, we just had
0: to research it and see. Uh, Paul, you were at a, a – I'm, I'm sorry you weren't there, but but uh, Harrison, uh, a team that we've talked a lot about, had you know their toughest conference game, we thought, of the season going to be last Friday night at Alma. Uh, they went down there and absolutely handled – Alma with no problem. Uh, no question.
2: Uh, you know, uh, talking with Coach Wells last week, we talked kind of going to be a matchup with Alma's size versus Harrison's speed. Well, Harrison's speed obviously won.
0: They did. Uh, I think Gabe Husky just ripped off another 50-yard run. I think he, if if, if I remember right, and I'm not looking at the story in front of him, but he had 250 or 60 total yards. I mean, again, just absolutely, I mean, this kid's incredible. colleges if you're not on this kid yeah well first of all if you're not on this kid then you're not you're not very much in tune to what's going on in this state because this kid is the best running back in this state i've been doing this 30 years and i I was very impressed i I was standing
3: on the sideline there the kid had great lateral movement um he can just uh uh, from side to side and of course he's fast um and he's like he's like a total package kind of guy and not only was it Gabe Husky, but uh, Alma couldn't stop the quarterback keeper. The uh, junior quarterback for, uh, uh, for Harrison um, just ran off, uh, I think it was 165 yards, seemed like to me, on a simple quarterback keeper. But, hey, we knew Alma was big and brawny, but Harrison's got some big old fellows up there too. And they were blocking. They, they out-blocked, out-tackled. They just beat Alma every which way. And I, I was very surprised. 31 to nothing. I respect a much closer game, but Gabe Husky is a great player and like Chip said, people need be on him. Well, you know, I'll go ahead. Paul.
2: Well, I was just going to say about their defense. Like, you know, we we spend a whole lot of time about talking about the points they score and their their high powered yep. offense, but Coach Wells and I were talking about their defense and the one thing he wanted to do uh talking from a year ago, uh wanted to get more speed on defense. Well, he said, you know, Ten of their eleven guys are run, you know, probably a four under under four point eight in the forty. That's pretty good. And their only guy that's above five is their two hundred ninety pound nose man, and if he's still
0: at five one, that's not bad. Right. So a couple of other big games in the area last week. Um, how about the game Lamar and Mansfield? What you know? What a game that was. I mean, that was one of those really good. Old fashioned Rick, what do you call it? A slobber knocker? Slime, or, old slobber knocker. Yeah, yeah like 15, 15, uh, seven, 15, six, something like that. Lamar, to, you know, to stay undefeated, um, you know, just an absolute, you know, uh, game of 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 heavyweights, you know, there, you know, pounding each other, you know, in the middle of the field, and, and Lamar was able to come out with the win on that one, um, to set up, you know, set up their big game this week against Boonville. So you had that going on. But Paul, I was going to kick over to you. How about those old West Fork Tigers? They snapped a 22-game losing streak.
2: Hey, you know, I got a chance to talk with Justin Smith a little bit. And, you know, just a crazy, crazy final couple minutes in their game where they're down, they have the ball, they're driving down the field, and they lose the ball on down. They, They throw to the end zone incomplete. At the at the 11 yard line and turn it over with less than two minutes to go and they think, well the game's over well not so fast. They're able to, to hold the hold their opponent on downs and force a punt. Paris, Paris was also penalized a couple of times which stopped the clock. They had a couple of penalties which stopped the clock and uh, force a punt. And then Austin Hayes pours in, blocks the punt. He said they—he it wasn't one of these that got tipped or whatever. He said he blocked it straight into the end zone as time expired for a safety. Oh my goodness! Safety and a 14-13 win. That's wow. a way to—that's a way to snap a winning a oh, losing streak right there. <laughs> wow,
0: that is fantastic. Well, Henry, you saw something in your game too that I'd seen a couple of times. Uh, And I I know you guys, if you've covered Rodgers much, uh, you've seen this, that teams are going away from the punt a lot, and they're going with these 70-yard field goal tries. Uh, So, Henry, what's what's your opinion on
1: that? There's a little advantage to it because with a punter, a punter normally lines up like 12 to 15 yards behind the center, takes a snap. Where field goal kickers, they're only seven yards back, so that gives them a little – extra advantage to that point and the kicker can always sit there and look like hey watch where the returner is okay so I can kick it to the left I can kick it to the right if I want to I can just kick it way down there kick it out of bounds if I need to and it's treated just like a punt so if you've got a strong kicker in that sense you can get 40 yards, you can get 50 yards down the field, and if you angle it just right, well, you're not going to get much return yardage. Now, Rodgers did it, I think it was five, six times against Bentonville. The first two times he did not kick it out of bounds, Harrison Campbell did get a couple of nice returns, but after that, you noticed on the next three or four, how many it was, they started angling it out of bounds, and it's it plays just like a punt. I had so, so many people ask me, well, why did the ball not get moved back to the line of scrimmage? Why mm-hmm. did the ball – because in high school football, under the NFHS rules, now if the ball goes into the end zone, it's a touchback. It goes to the 20. But if it does not go in there, then it's just like a, a punted ball. It, wherever it goes out of bounds, that's where the ball will be placed at. If the ball just goes down there and rolls, that's where the ball's going to be placed.
3: The at. De-
0: defense or the, I guess, the kicking team could touch it, would touch it there and down it at that point. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Now, now, they obviously found a loophole. Do they need
1: to change the rule? No, I don't I don't think so. You know, you want to find a good way to defense it? I would say if I'm, they're going to line it up, I'd send an eight-man rush and maybe have three return backs yeah. back there. So, if you angle it left, well, that guy can get it. If they angle right, that guy can get it. Go to the middle. Hey, he can go get it too. And one of these kicks was actually blocked, uh, partially blocked, and set up good field
0: position. So we're gonna next year in special teams play. We're gonna have our field goal return unit ready to go. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet in any games. Well, I've, Henry, you bring
2: up a great point, and I, I'm, having seen Rodgers a couple of multiple times, I, I've watched it, but I've also watched the opponents during the game adjust to it and they're bringing their – they know which direction. They're kind of wanting to angle, so they bring their rush from that side and the, and, and try to force them. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of countered a little bit to, to go, hey, okay, you're going to try to bring it to the wide side or whatever, kick it to the wide side. Well, that's our rush is going to come from that way. We're going to force you to keep kick it, it in bounds so yeah. maybe
0: we mm-hmm. can return it. Well, it's interesting. I, I covered that Rogers game um, when they played uh, – can't remember it was uh, Little Rock View, And they did that. first time I'd seen that. Uh, they lined up for a field goal with their own 35, and I'm like, what is going on here? You know, I had not seen that before. Now, the only downside is every time this kicker misses, it goes down as a missed field goal attempt, so you're going to have the kid from Rogers missing field goal attempts of 80, 64, 77, and whatever yard. So I kind of feel bad for the kicker because, you know, his name's going to the box score for missing all these, you know, crazy field goals. Hey, he, I got a um... –
3: a perfect solution to stop it, all this, uh, whatever they're doing with field goal. Bring in a guy named Tom Dempsey and let him kick it from about 70 yards. <laughs> I mean, for you young people, Tom Dempsey played for New Orleans Saints and he beat Detroit Lions with like, uh, what did they? 63. 60- 63. 63 yard field goal. With time. half a foot. With half a foot. He had, a, like, a deformity. He had, a, mm-hmm. like, a block there. Yep. And he kicked a 63 to beat the Lions. And, you know, all kind of stuff. Uh, oh, my God, you know, he, he shouldn't be able to do that. He's not, uh, like, a regular kicker. But he put the Lions in their place.
0: Well, Ar- Arkansas had a kicker like that, too, at one time. Steve Little could. Uh, oh, Steve Little. He absolutely could uh, could, could kick 60-plus yard Who's field the
2: goals. the Texas? Uh, uh, Russell Urxlatham? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Man,
3: they had some kickers. Of course, yeah. that was like a balloon on a tee, yeah. right? Yeah, put a little helium
0: in the ball. You yep. kick those 70-yard field goals with no problem. But bring in Tom Dempsey. So thank you for joining us on the on the shop this week. That is the week eight edition. We're going into week nine this week. The regular season is almost over, if you can believe that. Got a little chill in the air. And mm-hmm. I'm wearing my hoodie today. So, um, you know, well, you're kind of gangster, anyhow. Aren't I kind of am, kind of gangster. <laughs> um, we uh, we are ready for the fall. Glad for the fall to be here and and uh, that kind of thing. So we thank you for uh, for joining us on the shop. And uh, if you see us at the, out of the football game, you see Rick Fires throw popcorn on him. Yeah. Uh, he he might might even throw it in his mouth. He opens his mouth i he, yep. he'll eat it. He'll eat it. So uh, hit yep. thanks for joining us, and uh, and we'll we'll uh, see you uh, next week.